If we were to go on having children who haven't had that experience, you know, would that create like a tiered society? We've made an, an assumption there that says that the angels are androgynous, which may or may not be the case. Podcasts and audiobooks, they, they are fantastic for my sanity. He is teaching us patience, and I am a bad student. We're, we're not merely talking about aliens. The other representatives of the other worlds... We're currently under quarantine because we have this a pandemic called sin. The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Table Talk. Now, we left you on a cliffhanger on last episode, getting only through five of the questions that we were supposed to. I mean, I think we were a little bit long-winded. I mean, we'll blame Luke for it anyway. (laughs) What else is new? (laughs) I mean, usually it's true, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, I've got broad shoulders, I can take it boys, I can take it. Okay, so we're, we're just going to take off where we left off, are we? Yep, yep, yeah, question six. Fair plan. I must admit, I am a little stuck on the cliffhanger thing. We were, we were at the cliffhanger at the fifth question. Where does that leave us when we get to ten? At question ten? I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking Never about? Never mind. Never mind. Question six. Will there be marriage and children in heaven? So I've got right. a couple of verses here because there's a couple of different views on this. So I've got Mark twelve twenty five written here. For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. And we've got Genesis two eighteen. And the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helpmeet for him. And the idea being with the one with Genesis is a case of, isn't God going to restore everything to pre-fall? If that's the case, marriage is one of those institutions that was around pre-fall. However, the verse in Mark then says, but there isn't any marriage. So that's that's where those two views come from. So there's a contradiction? Is that what you're saying, Ben? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think okay. so, but there isn't enough information to, I think, pin it down one or the other. I personally come down on the side of um, restoration, which means marriage in heaven. And I believe what Mark, in Mark 12, they're talking about is more of a case of not everyone uh, gets married for love. Sometimes it's business arrangements and everything. I mean, this whole idea of marriage for love has only been around for, in the West, at least for the last century. So it's a case of, well, it was convenient for the families for you two to get married, is the most of the history of marriage, whereas now we have a very different view of it. Okay, interesting. So, so you're saying... Jesus was probably more so referring to the the non-biblical variety of marriage. Yeah. Okay, and the other thing that I thought was interesting from that, taking that perspective, because I don't come down hard on either side of this particular discussion, but the other thing that I noticed in that passage is it says that they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Mm-hmm. Both of those are present tense, like as in the action of being given in marriage. I... I 
thought it, that I haven't looked at the original language, but that could come across as saying there will be no further marriages, mm-hmm. right? As in people won't be getting married and finding love and whatever, because you know. But people who are married, you know, will retain that. The problem, mm-hmm. of course, comes with exactly the conversation that the Pharisees were having with Jesus at that point, where they were asking the question of, well, if there was a woman who married seven brothers and each subsequent one died, then mm-hmm. when they resurrected, whose is she? You know, I don't know. If we have a, con- a conventional marriage structure, I have no idea how God works that out. But what I do have confidence in is that whatever, however he structures it, we're going to be happy about it. So I don't know yeah. what it is, but I, I'm choosing to have faith that it'll be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, e- exactly. What about the second half of the question uh, where it says uh, having children? What, what about that aspect? Will there be uh, further reproduction in heaven? I would think it so. Seems if there's... To indicate... Sorry? Oh, sorry. I was about to disagree with you before you even spoke. So go for it. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if there's going to be marriage, there's a good chance there would be children. However, I, I can see it from the other point of view in the fact that we were to have children to replenish the earth. Well, technically, wouldn't the earth be replenished at that point as well? Mm. And the other thing is, I don't know if this is true, but I'm just sort of extrapolating from salvation logic, if you like. Mm-hmm. And that is... What is it that keeps evil out of the new earth or out of heaven, so to speak? It would be our experience, right? We've, yeah. we've seen what it looks like. We've experienced it. We have been redeemed and we have you know, come to the other side of, of this salvation story. Mm-hmm. If we were to go on having children who haven't had that experience, you know, would that create like a tiered society of these people experienced salvation, these didn't, you know, and perhaps mm. pave the way for sin in the future? I don't think that that... Obviously, it wouldn't be the same because the universe had already seen the effects of sin, but I don't know that that makes a lot of sense based on everything else that we see in Scripture. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be hardline either way on this, but... Mm. I don't think it makes sense, uh, what you just said, mm-hmm. M- mainly because I think... Well, first of all, I wanted to question, Ben, on where do we find Scripture saying that God created mankind and their offspring to replenish the earth? And then secondly, your suggestion, Luke, is that all reproduction ceases at the second coming of Jesus, mm. which sort of seems to fly in the face of the whole motivation for God creating in the first place which was to reproduce, in my mindset at least, which, which was to reproduce the joy that he experiences in, mm-hmm. in giving love and mm-hmm. in creating new things, right? And so it would seem very strange to me that God was like, throughout all of eternity, he has been creating other-centered love opportunities. And then he's like, because one of them failed, I'm no longer going to engage in this practice anymore. To me, to me, that doesn't add up. And like I said to, to begin with, I, I don't want to stand hardline on either side of this because I mm-hmm. have no idea what God's answer to the question is. Yeah. But I'm just saying from the narrative that I have read in Scripture, that doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah. To answer your question on with our Bible verses, Genesis 1, 27 and 28. Well, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Yeah. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over... It basically, yeah, but do do you honestly believe that that meant like once it's full, we stop? 
<laughs> like, all right, all right, population, uh, <laughs> cease. Well, I've got a couple of thinkings on this one. It's a case sure. of, one, if we would uh, put a strain on the earth, if there's too many of us, but two, we have an infinite God who can create infinite space, so... Yeah, precisely. So that, that's my mindset about that verse, is that it wasn't so much fill the earth and then stop... It was filled the earth to create a vibrant opportunity for other-centered experience here. Mm. And then we will populate other places that I will create. Mm. And how how God was exactly going to achieve that, I'll leave up to your imagination. But <laughs> yeah, not enough information here. Mm. Yeah, but that's the way I, I view mm-hmm. the text. And like I said, I just want to say this again. I'm not being dogmatic one way or the other. I just, I just wonder, mm. are we extrapolating things that aren't there? But yeah, I mean, as getting back to heaven, no idea whether there'll be marriage or children in heaven, but mm-hmm. it does seem very odd. That one verse that Jesus shares, yeah. it does seem very odd that that would be uh, almost contrary to the rest of the story of Scripture. Mm. Yeah, and look, I'm I'm not dogmatic about it either. The primary problem that I think we bump up against if that's the way you're thinking is the same question that the Pharisees had. Like how will God navigate those questions mm. of multiple marriages and that? I, I don't know how he's going to do that, but I think he's smart enough though, right? He's plenty smart <laughs> enough. Exactly. I mean, if anyone can do it, it's him. So that I don't have a problem with it from that perspective, but yeah, um, yeah I, I just don't, I just don't know. I don't know. And there's not enough information for us to grasp at, but I think it's mm. interesting to, to do that, you know, to explore these ideas and to see how, what we come to the other side with. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I just wanted to make one other point, and that is we, we completely skipped the last part of the verse that says that we would be as the angels. Mm-hmm. And, and, and honestly, we have no idea what that means. Yeah. Hmm. Right? There's no precedent in Scripture, as far mm-hmm. as I'm aware, that says that the angels are androgynous. Am, am, I, am I wrong? No, we, far as we I know. all make that assumption, mm-hmm. and it seems like a fair assumption mm-hmm. based on the way that we read that passage. But it's still but, an assumption. <laughs> well, but I was I was going to say, but we seem to be reading the the passage in such a way that contradicts the rest of the Bible. So maybe we're misreading the passage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, like I said, not dogmatic either way. But it's just interesting, you know. Definitely, we've made an, an assumption there that says that the angels are androgynous, which may or may not be the case. Mm. I cannot wait to get on the other side and find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mental picture's there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I mean is, like, by the time that actually happens, that means that, you know, great controversy is over. We mm-hmm. are in heaven with Jesus, and we are we are finally experiencing that amazing reality that we're all hanging out for. And at that point, I don't think I'm going to care what the answer is, just as long as I'm there. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I do think Sarah might have something to say about that, but we'll leave that to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably quite right. <laughs> She's. I That's think right. she actually said to me once that, it, like, even if it turns out to be the way that the that particular verse sounds, like, can, like, let's still get a house together. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's be neighbors. Yep. yep. <laughs> exactly. It's a bit sneaky. All right. Question seven. What has helped you stay sane during COVID? Hmm. Maybe we should ask a question before that question, and that is, have you remained sane during COVID? <laughs> <laughs> no more than I was before. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. The premise remained is probably a bit dubious there. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> After the first three months, not so much, but that's when the lockdowns came off and life is at least semi-normal. 
Y- you mean the gyms reopened? Yeah, actually, that's basically what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I oh, was seriously hilarious. thinking about seeking some dollars into gym equipment the moment the gym reopens a case of, well, that that can go out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did we remain sane during COVID? Well, look, my, my levels of sanity are always questionable. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm not sure that they got too much worse during mm. COVID. Yeah, I I did okay through the the first few months. Um, by the end of it, I was starting to go a little bit loopy, and so for <laughs> me, I, I think Zoom was a, a big yeah you know, or you know online chatting in general, Skype or whatever was probably mm-hmm. a really big help. I, I know like being able to have this weekly check in with you guys to oh, record yeah. was really helpful because it was like, hey, I'm not alone on this planet. <laughs> also having occasional you know just occasional hangouts on zoom with different groups and that uh, just was really good to break it up and uh, you know the other thing that i think helped me as far as keeping me busy throughout the midst of it was uh podcasts, podcasts. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah podcasts and audiobooks they they are fantastic for my sanity like seriously when you know people who have kids will get this but when you have been talked at for multiple hours on end and it, you just There's cannot There's nothing have... you love more than to put somebody in your ears and let them talk at you some more. <laughs> well, just to have adult conversation for, for a little bit is just fantastic. And mm-hmm. so listening to someone talk about something that is really engaging and information that you don't know already and those sort of things, fantastic. Like Sometimes I would say to Sarah, hey, look, I'm cooking tonight because I'm going to listen to something while I cook. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's the thing that that's going to keep me rolling tonight. <laughs> oh dear. So, yeah, look, I agree. Um, this group has been great pre and also during COVID. Yeah. I think as well for me. Now that you mentioned Zoom, uh, so obviously I kind of live on Zoom at the moment with uni, but um, the other Zoom that's been significant was during COVID when we were locked down from church, at least. Because let's face it, we were never really locked down properly in Bundaberg, but at least from church, I was able to do Sabbath school via Zoom, and that was probably one of the highlights, if not the highlight of my week uh, during COVID, was you know getting to see the kids via video at least, and you know mm-hmm. have some fun with them. So mm, that's great. I don't know what this would have been like without video technology. Eh? Oh yeah, impossible. Lots more mental health problems. Yeah, probably. And, you know, I still don't think that we've seen... I I saw some stats that I don't know about otherwise, but in Australia anyway, they were looking at the suicide statistics during COVID as as opposed to the same period last year. And they were actually stationary. Actually, they'd gone down by a couple of very, you know, couple of numbers. But that that is, like I said, that suicide statistics, that's not anxiety or depression statistics and so i would actually be curious to know you know what that will look like long term because i don't think we've seen the full ramifications of it as yet Mm -hmm. i think it'll it'll come out more over time but yeah i think it's been really really hard for a lot of people in those ways yeah okay so uh let's do questions uh sorry question eight Mm -hmm. is there any legitimacy to ufo claims so let me start by asking you guys: Have you ever seen a UFO, or know someone who has? Yeah, it does obviously depend on how you define UFO. Yes, I've seen a UFO before. Turned out to be a plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Yes. I I think I may have uh, thrown a UFO once when <laughs> I was when I was in school. It's a bit of a sad story, so I don't know whether I should share it or not. But 
uh, we were just having a contest throwing rocks towards, not necessarily at, but towards a group of ducks when we Uh-oh. were stopped at the bus stop. Uh-oh. Um, unfortunately, the, the duck didn't identify <laughs> the flying object <laughs> and failed to get out of the way. So, yeah. So no, I've never was, seen anything that I thought was a UFO. It was not a peeking duck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I, I haven't seen one, but my uh, my dad still to this day re- reckons he saw something that was truly something very, very different. Like, saw a light in the sky that was like, you know, in, in his mind like a plane. He, was, he used to do martial arts a, a long time ago, and he was at, at the dojo, and they walked outside and they saw something and like he and everyone that was there saw a light in the sky, like look like a plane, fly to a certain point, change direction and then accelerate at like, you know, physics defying speed out of sight over the horizon. And he still says today that, you know, no idea what that was, but that was the weirdest thing that he that he's ever seen in the sky. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else other than the dojo goers see this? <laughs> as far as I know, they were well. The dojo was sort of on quite a large block, so there was no one around to ask. So. <laughs> okay. So, uh, can I ask what was the point of this question? Uh, a lot of people like try to make sense of it, and I've I've heard people talking about this, and actually, you know, similar people to the ones that talk about the you know the Book of Enoch and and those mm-hmm. sort of things, and looking for information there, but. Is it, like, are UFOs a real thing? And if so, are they satanic, right? Like, do they have a spiritual aspect to them? Right, I see now. So, we're not so much talking about alien spaceships as as satanic manifestations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess there's a connection there, right? Either or. Either or. There's a conversation to be had. We're not merely talking about aliens. No. Okay. No. Well, yeah... I mean, I think that there are supernatural circumstances that happen all around us uh, on a frequent basis. We don't always get to see them, but I'm sure people do see them from time to time. And and it could well be that that was one of them that you just described with your dad, Luke. Mm. Yeah, I I think that understanding them, I'm not sure that that's possible or necessary Mm. or... Do do you know what I mean? Like, maybe maybe if, if it was important, maybe you would you would... Be, become aware of what it meant mm-hmm. but otherwise maybe it doesn't matter mm. yeah and s- something that I, I think is you know pertinent to this point just to go on the alien question right like to take more of that that angle of it the bible doesn't really talk about aliens but in the book of job it does talk pretty clearly about the fact that there are representatives of other worlds you know we see mm-hmm. the picture of the of the heavenly council in in job chapter chapter 1 and chapter 2 where satan goes and appears before god and he's collected together with you know as you read it you get the sense that these are the other uh, representatives of other worlds or other creations that god ha- has has made mm-hmm. and so i think it's not a great leap of theology or logic for us to say that god created more than just humans but at the same time the whether we have interaction with them i think is i don't believe that we do so mm-hmm. uh, at least not in not in the way that uh, people would commonly think of ufos so for the people that see things that are just as it describes ufos unidentified flying objects i think that's quite totally you know quite totally possible to be you know, as yet unknown technologies that government is using or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of space for them to be very much explainable 
for the ones that aren't explainable, you know, and I know there's been a lot of people who have claimed to be, you know, abducted by aliens and see seen things that are certainly uh, of supernatural nature. I think there's a lot of space for those to be smoke screening, right? Like, you know, evil forces deceiving people for whatever whatever gain they may experience from mm-hmm. that, whether that's destabilizing, you know, removing the focus from God and, and increasing doubt in people's minds that there's other forces that are at play, whatever it may be. But I think it's... I certainly don't think it's God doing it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, well, I kind of look at it this way. The, the other representatives of the other worlds... We're currently under quarantine because we have this uh, pandemic called sin. Yes. Yes. And why would they want to come into contact and potentially contaminate it with such a thing? Yeah, it's not the kind of thing that I think God would allow. Certainly the great controversy narrative that we read scripture through is one that has us as being a spectacle Mm -hmm. to the other worlds, but not uh, interacting with. Yeah. Also, just to clarify from the book of Job, the... Other worlds, the let's call them aliens, just because alien just literally means foreign, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are not, you know, the green men that we, you know, think of when we think of aliens. the The Bible describes them as sons of God, mm-hmm. in the same way that Adam was described as a son of God, and Adam was described as a son of God because he was created in God's image. So, yeah, the the other worlds that have been described in the Book of Job were also created in God's image. Yeah, yes, I'll be quite curious to find out if they l- look close to us or what sort of little differences they have mm. yeah, yeah. I, I guess guess we'll find out now you just mentioned before luke about the dojo so i imagine this question will be particularly relevant to you but question nine is are martial arts uh okay for christians to participate in it's a good question and it, it's something that i did as a young person you know i did it for a number of years i you know, got to being black belt and I didn't see anything wrong with it at the time. In hindsight, I think it Matt, I think it definitely has an impact, especially if you are depending on what style you're a part of. Like the style that I was a part of, I could not with a good with a clear conscience participate in at this point of my Christian experience, you know, because the, it does have components of ancestor worship, mm-hmm. you know, where you're, you know, clapping and and bowing to photos of dead people, you know, like those sort of things. No way could I do that now knowing what I know. Mm-hmm. And I think there's I think it's very difficult to separate that from a lot of styles i think martial arts as in things that are they can be removed from that like the physical activity can be removed from the spiritual i think to a degree and i think a lot of people practice that and can do so with a clear conscience but i think i do think it is very difficult i I would be reluctant to do it i'll put it that way I I certainly agree. I did martial arts for a few years there, and there's the founder's photo at at the front of the room, and you're supposed to bow. At least my my sensei was um, good enough to allow me not to because of uh, my religious belief, but it certainly made it a very hard... It was a very hard line to walk between the two, between what was expected and my Christian experience. Yeah, so I would I would probably say that, you know, are there people that are Christians that do martial arts? And you could say yes, and like, there is this spiritual element, right? Because mm. if you go back to 
the the source or like you know the original practices of those things in uh, you know in China and and some of these really old styles where these things came from, they were originally inextricably linked to spiritual practice, and yeah. so it is, you know, I can't see how you can separate them. Some people may feel they have. I'm not going to condemn those people, but I don't see how that's possible personally. What I will say is that there is the other end of it as well. I don't have a I don't have an issue with self-defense uh if people need to do that, but I do think that if, you know, if you're paying attention to the, the sort of uh tactics or disciplines, uh, it can lead you down a path of, you know, of violence. And I know there is the counter argument to that, which is discipline, which is, you know, I've been in it for a significant amount of time. I know that argument. That was, that was what I used, but mm-hmm. I think it can lead the wrong, you know, it can put a weapon in the hands of the wrong people sometimes, which mm-hmm. is another reason to be wary. So I don't know. You have any thoughts, Dave? Uh, I didn't participate in martial arts for very long. I did Taekwondo for a, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I was too young to understand any of the things you guys are talking about. I was just more in it to punch my friends. <laughs> yeah, that's a gr- that's a great pastime for anyone. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, we just wanted to spar, and it was it was a, a mm-hmm. controlled environment for that. So mm-hmm. you know, yep. that's what we went for. But yeah, look, I I agree that there are a lot of people who would probably practice martial arts unaware of the connotations you guys are speaking of, hmm. and I think that if they are in that situation, then they're they're going to be going to be sheltered from a lot of the negative connotations that you were speaking of mm-hmm. but not necessarily all of it mm. um, yeah. because some of it just has a way of sneaking in if you like mm-hmm. um, so if you want to be if you want to be completely safe then it does make sense to to give it up you know and and there are other ways of being disciplined there are other yeah. ways of learning self-defense as well if that if that's your motive yeah. so it's not an essential for anybody and so if the evidence is fairly strong that it's a spiritual practice as much as it is a physical and a disciplinary practice, then just take up one of the other methods of, you know, learning a discipline or practicing self-defense. Mm. Seems like reasonable advice to me. Yeah. So this next question is a, a little more a little more nebulous, but why does God make us wait for things? Because God has this tendency, when whenever we're praying for something, God has this tendency to make us wait till the last possible moment before he answers the prayer. So, why do you think that is? He is teaching us patience. And I am a bad student. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. But doesn't that just mean that he needs to do it more? Like, that's like the opposite of what we actually want. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but... Please no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but please. You know, I have prayed so many times. Like, <laughs> like, Lord, do whatever it takes to save me. Like, I, I, if it means I have to go through adversity, then it means that. But please, if it's at all possible, please bring me to you because I want to bring it to mm-hmm. me through blessing, not because I have been broken. <laughs> you know, like that just seems to be the the way it often needs to happen. And I, mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to happen that way, but I think because of us, it needs to happen that way sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm rather stubborn over things, so I get why God does the way, um, the things that He does, and I, I try and keep that in mind actually so that I don't force God to um, wait for the last minute to teach me things. Yeah. So what you're saying is that 
God doesn't want to wait to the last minute. No. Hmm. He, he'd be quite happy to answer your prayer immediately. Mm-hmm. But he waits He waits till the best time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a good example of this is found in the book of Daniel. Daniel is praying for a couple of weeks for an answer. And the angel Gabriel's going to come give him an answer to his dream. But he's got a... He's got other important business that he's trying to tear himself away from for two weeks before he can come and answer. And I think mm. the same thing is often with God. He has to set up circumstances for us before he can answer us so that it can go smooth for us because if we otherwise we may interfere with what God's setting up for us as well. That's true, Jude. Yeah. I, I think the bigger the bigger answer to that that you're just saying there, Ben, is that God can see the big picture and we can't. And yep. so we should trust him to orchestrate it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. What prompted you to ask this question, Luke? I added this to the list quite simply because it's been my experience. You know, there are so many things and there have been so many things in my life that I am so fed up with waiting for <laughs> and I just have no control over them. And I find it frustrating. And there's been so many things that God has answered but there's still so many things on that list that, as a human, I can look at and go, oh, but God, there's so many good reasons for you to answer this prayer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, I guess I was reflecting on that, and I, and I was just, and I thought, if I experienced that, surely I'm not the only one. And so I thought it'd be good for us to have a chat about. Yeah, definitely. I don't know whether this is a positive contribution or not. I just thought maybe um, to to end on a positive note, hmm. maybe a practice that one could participate in that would i suppose counteract that anxiety of waiting mm-hmm. uh would be to to practice gratitude mm. for the things that you do have in your life yes. mm. so like when you're tempted to to be to be anxious or worried about something that you don't have or that you want now that it doesn't seem to be coming right now or mm-hmm. whatever the situation might happen to be maybe it would be a good idea to to stop and to be counting your blessings to be thankful for the the many reasons that each of us have each day to be grateful you know like for, for for us at least here right now we live in a very very sheltered part of the world as far as covid is concerned mm-hmm. we live in a wealthy country and so really there is no excuse for complaining and i just wonder whether if we were to change our attitude whether that may actually help with that anxiety that you were speaking of, Luke. Not that mm-hmm. it takes it away, not that it takes away the desire for those things that, you know, we want and, and that's fine to have that desire and, and even to be a little anxious at times, I think. Mm-hmm. But I wonder whether taking the focus away from that and towards something positive may actually put you in the right attitude to actually receive. Yeah, I think that is definitely powerful. Yeah, it definitely helped me. I actually do something similar because... I often struggle with the the waiting between um, certain things that I'm praying for. And what I like to do is practice gratitude over where God has led me in the past. I like to remember mm-hmm. periods where God made me wait and the end result of that waiting. And God makes you wait for um, things. And it's it. I know in my personal experience, it, it's been for really good things. So I like to think back on where God has led me in the past and I use that as a promise of where he'll lead me into the future. That's great. And I think that highlights the need for us to record our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I when I say that, I mean, it, whatever that looks like for you, be it journaling or what, whatever it may be, but recording how God has led, you know, because when you're in a tough spot, it's very easy to forget. Mm-hmm. And you know, having a tangible reminder is, is a powerful thing. 
Yeah. So well, that was that was question ten. Yeah. So uh, that was made it. We, we we made it in the end. I mean, it was a marathon, right? We cut two episodes over it. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, we will leave it there. Thank you so much for writing all the way through to the end with us. It's been a little bit of an epic, but thank you so much. And uh, if you enjoyed these two episodes, feel free to share them with your friends and uh, leave us a review on uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to uh, give you a shout out on the show. And uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can always find us on social media at OzTableTalk or via the website, oztabletalk.com.au. You guys have a great week and God bless. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list so i would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that if you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet you can go over to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us so if you want to help us reach those goals please jump in and give us a review the final message that i'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our patreon account now Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating and ultimately what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast and so if you'd like to help us do that jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards but at different levels there are different benefits different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours if you can't afford that we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.